The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Monday morning edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company here from the Star in Frisco in the SWBC studios alongside Patrick Nosey Walker, Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We've got Chris Beam running it all in the back. The Cowboys season comes to a close. 19 to 12, the final score. The divisional round loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Back-to-back playoff runs ended by San Fran. And we're here to break it down for you here over the next 45 minutes. And we will uh, we'll give our takes on this. This one, uh, this one hurts. It sucks, man. It sucks. It does. This one doesn't feel very good. You feel like every year you make the playoffs. You get into the tournament, you've got a shot. This team had a shot. They had multiple shots. Mm-hmm. And just didn't get it done. So, I'll start with you, Patrick. Just thoughts overall on the game. What went wrong for Dallas? And I, we'll we'll talk about what's going to happen down the road. But let's just let's take a look back at what happened last night. The Cowboys went wrong for the Cowboys. It's something that we've been speaking about on this on this uh, podcast for quite a while now. It's something that uh, I myself have really pounded the table. Um, as it relates to, I believe, and I have been of the consistent belief that only one team in this league is capable of beating this particular team, and that is the team that has the star on the helmet. And that's what we saw in Santa Clara against the San Francisco 49ers. Defense comes out. They're playing lights out. They have Purdy seeing ghosts out there. A couple sacks in the first quarter, four or five quarterback hits. They were getting penetration on the edges. They were getting penetration in the middle. Um, they were bottling up the run game to a magnificent degree. I mean, I think at one point through the first half, Christian McCaffrey only had uh, seven yards rushing on several attempts, and mm-hmm. Debo Samuel only had seven yards rushing on several attempts, and Purdy only had two yards. I mean, going into the half, despite what was going on with the offense, and we'll get to that really in a second, but the defense was playing lights out. All the offense had to do was be at least – 50% of what they were a week ago in Tampa. Didn't even have to fire on all cylinders to win this game. That's what's more frustrating about it. This team could have won this game without firing on all cylinders on offense. All they had to do was play mostly clean football. Dak Prescott, this isn't a game where Dak Prescott would have had to rush for a touchdown, throw for four more to beat this 49ers team, which tells me unequivocally that you, Cowboys, were the better team in San Francisco or in Santa Clara this uh, this Sunday. However, you devolved back to what you were when you struggled to put away the Colts for three quarters, when you, it took you a game-winning drive against the Texans, uh, when you lose in overtime against the Jaguars. It, the inconsistency, there's that word, Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Inconsistency finally came back and bit you in the ass when you could least afford it because now there is no opportunity to be resilient anymore. Season's over. There's no next week, and the Cowboys have not lost two games in a row. And kudos, they still haven't, and now they won't because they're not playing anymore. 
Like that's it. So on the biggest stage and the biggest game of the of the season, Dak Prescott and his interceptions, they showed up. That allowed six points um, to the 49ers. They converted on two field goals off of those, which, again, shows the defense was playing because Dak Prescott gives up two interceptions on both occasions. Still only gave up six points. held him to six points. Yeah. Brett Maher, he, he kind of got a swagger back on the field goal attempts, made two field goal attempts, but he missed his first point after it was blocked. Even if it wasn't blocked, it was being kicked to the McDonald's across the street. Um, so that's seven points left on the field. Everything else notwithstanding, how much did they lose by? Seven. Alrighty. Self-inflicted wounds. Self-inflicted, inflicted by others. The results the same. Doesn't really matter what direction it came from. The reality is, the defense showed up, and the offense did not in its totality. Um, you couldn't ask this defense to perform better than they performed yesterday against a team that had as much talent as San Francisco did. Mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell. 51 yards rushing. McCaffrey, 35 yards rushing. Okay, so you take their two rushers out of it. Okay, you want to go to Debo? Debo, 11 yards rushing. All right, let's go to their passing game. Okay, Kittle, you're going to give up something to somebody. Okay, so you gave up five for five to Kittle. Okay, I I think they wish they would have done better against that. But you take their number one receiver, Brandon Ayuk, two receptions on four targets, 26 yards. Debo Samuel, four catches on seven attempts for 45 yards. You shut them down. Yes. Flip the script. Nick Bosa, <laughs> two tackles, no sacks. None. Probably only like four pressures, too. Two tackles, no sacks. And yet you find a way to give them the ball and to give them more opportunities. We sat here and talked about it. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure every other broadcast sat here and talked about it. You can't give a good team more opportunities than what they're already given. And you gave them two and not only did you give them two, your defense held them to three on both of those attempts against a really, really good offense. Okay? So you put your defense in a terrible situation. Your defense holds up, only gives up six points. Six out of those nine points in the first half that San Francisco had was because of what? Two interceptions. Yep. Yep. And then you go, Kelvin Joseph shows up, mm-hmm. makes one heck of a play on special teams. Punches the ball out, gives you the ball inside the 30. Is that, is that correct? Yes, yep. okay. it was in the ridge. Gives you the ball inside the 30. How many points you walk away with? Three. Three. Mm. So, to your point, that's six points that you gave up, mm-hmm. okay, that you probably should have liked, liked to have flipped that and at least gotten six on your ha- on your side. Okay, and then they got the Kelvin Joseph. You, you, you fell into three points right mm-hmm. there. If you had scored a touchdown right there, that's another four-point swing. You got, that's ten points. Yep. That's the victory without having to do anything else, just – don't give up the ball and convert in the red zone, and you win the ball game. Inconsistency. And even from other players as well. It's not only on Dak Prescott, but it's on Dak Prescott as well. And kudos to him for taking full accountability. I 100% continue to respect that man. Um, Dalton Schultz. Where was the Dalton Schultz from Tampa? The one who had a career day. Dalton Schultz was inconsistent. There was one particular drive after the the 40-plus bomb to CeeDee Lamb. Boy, CeeDee Lamb came to play, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um I think it was the next play. If not, it was the play after that. Dalton Schultz uh, mid-out route. That would have been a first down right off his fingers, out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz, and we don't even need to recap the the final, the true final offensive drive because the one with the gadget play might as well not have existed. Sure. Um, but Dalton Schultz, he gets pushed backwards. You know, clock keeps going. Um, Dalton Schultz doesn't get two feet down 
uh, because uh, apparently we're playing college football now, um, <laughs> you know, incomplete pass. Um, and then it, it, the list goes on and on. So from a defensive side of the ball, the defense simply couldn't save the day. They played a stellar game, and the, even then there are still some things that you could take away from the defensive effort as they started to get exhausted. The George Kittle play, that the magnificent catch from George Kittle, uh, Diggs goes for the, the hit, but if he keeps his eyes forward, yep. there that's an interception. Um, the tip ball within the red zone that Diggs, it hit Diggs in the chest, bounced off. Should have been a pick. Should have been a pick. Um, Malik Cooker came flying Malik in, Cooker. nearly blew up a play completely with Debo Samuel, and a play later it leads to a field goal. Third and eight with the with the 49ers threatening. Um, Donovan Wilson gets called for holding on George Kittle. That was a hole. sack on Demarcus Lawrence that got deleted. And then the drive fell apart from there because the very next play was yeah. a hold on John, called against Jonathan Hankins, and the 49ers went down and, I mean, finished that drive off with a score. So was the defense perfect? No, they were not. But in a game like this, when you hold the 49ers to only 19 points on their own field, you should win this game. Mm -hmm. You should win this game. So even with the two interceptions, which shouldn't have happened, because for, for whatever reason, and, and credit to Kyle Shanahan and credit to D'Amico Ryans, Dak Prescott was not seeing the linebackers. He wasn't reading the linebackers well. Um, hell, they dropped a pick that could have sealed this game before it was actually over. Six. He just wasn't seeing the linebackers. But take the, even with those two interceptions, all you got to do is, is score. When Kelvin Joseph punches that ball for him on special teams and Damone Clark recovers it and you're right there in the red zone, you're, one of the, you're literally one of the best red zone efficiency offenses in the league, and you can't. You can't. And then earlier in the game, whenever you're driving and you are in the red zone, you throw an interception, you throw it over the middle, and it's Back picked breaking. off, and it's 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 there. Listen, these are the the way that I look at it. Let me give my little monologue sure. here. With with the way that I look at it, last year we were sitting here on a dark Monday at the Star mm -hmm. after a loss to the 49ers, and we talked about one thing. We talked about red flags throughout the year, mm -hmm. and what popped up what were red flagged last year it was penalties and the run defense. What happened in the, in that loss to the 49ers? Penalties and run defense. This year, it was unnecessary turnovers mm -hmm. and inconsistency. Those were the two red flags all year long that plagued this Cowboys team. And I don't know if there was a game, or maybe maybe there was, but I don't know if there was a game where both of them were so intertwined together all year long for Dallas, so much so that when you were down by four points late in the game, even the seven points when they were they pushed it to seven, you felt like that was an insurmountable lead because you didn't know where the production was going to come from. You didn't have anybody. You didn't have an answer offensively. Defensively, like you said, you shut down McCaffrey, Samuel, Mitchell, Ayuk, <laughs> all of these guys. All of them were neutralized. You went four for five. You took on the defensive this. player of the year in Nick Bosa shut him and shut him down, and you still had no way to win that game. You had no answer. Zero, because the inconsistencies were there. You were good enough talent-wise to go and get it done, but guess what? You weren't good enough consistency-wise. They came full circle in this season. This 19 points is how much they allowed Tampa Bay to score. Only 19 points is how much they allowed Tampa Bay to score in week one, but they lost that game. Why? Because the offense, no matter what, could not 
find their way. First and game, last game, huh? First game, last game. They literally came full circle. And and you just, you know, the, the common... <laughs> First game, last game of the regular season, and last game of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the common phrase is you hate to see it, but all jokes aside, you, you freaking hate to see it. This is a Cowboys offense that after Dak's return from injury... Yeah, you had the interceptions, and, I mean, we can harp on that, and they're, they're right there in front of you. And they still were averaging over 35 points a game. Now, not to take anything away from the 49ers' defense, it's a stout defense, it's the best defense in the league, arguably, mm-hmm. um, but you allow only one sack, and that was to Ebukam. That wasn't to Armstead, that wasn't to Nick Bosa, who came into this game with 18 and a half sacks in the regular season. You completely deleted who will – Probably be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, you had your shots. There were on more than one occasion this Cowboys offense was moving the ball down the field, walking them down, and then you'd get to the thirty or in the red zone and interception. Gifts, interception. It, it just can't happen. And Dak knows it can't happen. That's why he took hundred percent accountability. But you know. As as much as that is honorable, and again, I respect the hell out of it. It doesn't change the fact that the season is over in in large part because of it, not in only part. So to be clear, he's not the only reason the Cowboys lost. We talk about the we talk about the other people who didn't right. step up uh, on the biggest stage when they needed to step up. Mm-hmm. The inconsistency in Dalton Schultz and then losing Tony Pollard. That that for me was the equivalent of the 49ers losing Christian McCaffrey. Changed your whole game plan. I would agree with that. It, they're not on the same level no, pegging no, no. in terms of talent level. Wise. But exactly, strategy had completely changed. And, and, and even even Turpin. And Turpin had a great game as far as flipping field position. And yeah, I figured he, he would because the 49ers, one of their soft spots was uh, special teams defense. And I pointed that out, 25th and 27th ranked respectively in, in net and gross yards allowed. Um, but even Tony Cavante uh, uh, Turpin could have been the hero that the Cowboys have been waiting for. Uh, fourth quarter, you're down a touchdown, and you're about to break it. And if you just take that outside, if you go outside that final block, instead of taking the oh, inside that route. That might have been your best chance. If you go outside In that the block, half, instead of taking the inside shoulder, it's not a 43-yard 40, return. It's probably a touchdown. And if it's not a touchdown, would you – you're what on the five yard line because you only got the kicker to beat. So assume the kicker has some wheels, but he doesn't have Cavante Turpin wheels. Robbie Gold, you could probably run past him. Yeah, it's, that's my point. <laughs> so there is a lot of blame to to be placed here, but most of it is on the know, on the I offense. Can't call that blame. I hear what you're saying. I, I get what you're no, saying. no, and I, I gave about I g- opportunities. Yeah, I gave him yeah opportunities. Yeah, right? and I so. gave Turpin credit for that return, and, yeah, and I, I even defended it. As online a, as, to the point where we have to remember we're looking at it from a sky. Yeah, field. And, and that's what I was going to speak right. about. It. From, he, he's from a, on the field. He doesn't as a see former, that. As a right. former returner. On the field, he doesn't see that. As a former returner, I give these guys the insight in, in the studio when we're watching it live. That defender, that last defender, mm-hmm. had outside leverage right. as Turpin saw it. He had outside leverage, and Turpin had a blocker on the inside that was going to force him out. So that's why he cut back up inside. Right. Now, can he could he have trusted his speed and outran the dude? Absolutely. But instinctively, you're going to go opposite of where your blocker's going. Right. right? So I don't fault Turpin for that. Regardless, he put them in a great situation. He did. Okay, with a great return. Again. The, the, re, the reality is. <laughs> Again. The reality is this Dallas team suffered from the same thing they've been suffering from from the whole second half of the season, and that is turnovers. That's that's yeah beginning of the story. That's in the story against good teams. You cannot give them extra opportunity against 
basic coverages. That's my issue. Mm. This is not getting tricked. This isn't getting duped. This isn't getting bamboozled, hoodwinked. Oh, that's a great play. Oh, man, that scheme was amazing. These are basic defenses that we're talking about. These are delayed throws. This is double pumping, triple pumping on passes that are timing routes mm -hmm. that are giving defensive backs the opportunity to get back into play. Because we think about an open receiver. An mm -hmm. open receiver is half a yard of space. That's getting routed. Right. When you hear the concept, the, the, when you hear the, the, the thought process, somebody got routed, mm -hmm. there's usually about a half yard of separation, half yard, yard max of separation. And you as a DB, you got routed. Okay? So we're talking about literally feet of space. And if you don't throw these balls with timing, timing routes, if you don't throw them on time, you allow DBs to make plays. So when we talk about the Michael Gallup interception, mm -hmm. Michael Gallup ran a terrible route. Call it what it is. And I'm sure he will own that. He didn't finish the route. Everybody saw that. Okay. Bad, he, bad route. Absolutely. right. He didn't finish the route. Okay, when the things I say up here, this is all based upon film. Mm -hmm. He did not finish the route. He did not come back down his stem. He did not become quarterback friendly. He allowed the defensive back to make a play on the ball versus him making a play on the ball. Even if he wasn't going to catch it, he should at least been in position to bat it down. We've all, as receivers, we've all been there before. You don't want to do it in that situation. He didn't finish the route. Don't compound the problem. By the time Dak released the ball, he already saw that DB had to break on the ball. You can't compound the problem. I don't fault the read. That was the right read. Now, if you look on the opposite side, you know you can pick and choose which side you want to go to whenever you have those comebacks, rollaways, because whatever you want to call it. Because in cover three, there's space. There's space. And you know on a comebacker, if your receivers are running a comeback, Correct. then all of a sudden you've got that timing up yeah. and you're able to release. You see that single high, whether it's man-to-man -man or cover three, the type of routes that they were running on the outside with T.Y. Hilton and Michael Gallup, those routes are pitch and catch throws. Pitch and catch. T.Y. Hilton was open on about five comebacks. Saw that. And he, At least. he had about seven yards yeah, of, separation of separation on that throw specifically. On that, on that particular play, he did. And now Dak just didn't choose his side. One and, catch for and that's up to yards. Dak. Dak could choose which side he wants to go to whenever that, that defense is presented. He decided to go to Michael Gallup's side. But if you decide to go that way and the DB is that close, it has to be on time and it has to be outside. On time and outside. So if I do throw a bad ball, at least it's going out of bounds. Right. The what ifs. Okay. Bad ball, bad execution on that play. Now you go to the other turnover. We're talking about cover two. We seen cover two a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Against we saw cover two a couple weeks ago against Washington, and you mm -hmm. got away with one. You rolled the dice, and dude dropped it, and then we went right back to the saddle. And Oops. I'm not dropping it twice. Pick six. Pick six. Right here we are now. Cover two, we run an option route on the inside with C.D. Lambs. C.D. Lamb decides to break it out, running it off the middle linebacker. Well, when you run your option route off the middle linebacker, you're going back out to who? Going your help. You're going back out yeah. to another man who, whose yeah. job is simply to right. sit there and wait on somebody to come in his space. So then there's two defenders there, you're, guarding It's you. a window. It's a window. You're walking between the door. You can hit your, your right shoulder on the door, you get your left shoulder on the door, or you can stay in between. But if you go to either way, one half or half a step either way, you're going to run into somebody. Mm -hmm. He ran into a guy, and Dak threw it there. Bad decision based upon the defense that was presented. Now, there was nobody else open on that play. Throw it away. Mm -hmm. Right. Run. I don't care. Don't do that. And my issue, and I'm not coming at him. I'm coming at him for his decision making. Mm -hmm. This is something that's been reoccurring. And, he, and everything that I'm saying, I'm sure he would sit up there and back it up as well. I can't do that. He said it. I can't do those things. Right. Saying it, and to your point, is honorable. 
but it doesn't help your team win ball games. It doesn't games. change the outcome. It does not change the outcome. It doesn't change the and when outcome. you have 17 interceptions over a span of 14 games, is that correct? Ye- is that right? 15? Around there? 15 games? 15, okay, call 15. it 15. Okay. 17 interceptions over 15 games. There's a problem. Mm-hmm. And it has to be identified. And I don't care that it hasn't happened in the past. It's happening now. And I don't know what has to happen in this offseason. It, four- it was 14 14. Games. 17 interceptions over mm-hmm. 14 games. People want to talk about the regular season. I'm talking about the postseason. Okay, he had a heck of a game last week where he saw the defenses. But you're dealing with somebody now, Dak or any other quarterback that's having an issue throwing picks, okay, I don't care who it is, where you're more fearful of your quarterback throwing the ball versus coverage than he is facing a blitz. Mm. I mean, it. nothing you said is incorrect. Nope. I, just, I keep coming back to how maddening it is to know – that you, the Cowboys, could have knocked off the two seed on their own field and to avenge what happened last year if your offense was at least 50% of what it was in Tampa. Didn't need 75%. Damn sure didn't need 100%. Nope. When you Two interceptions, that shouldn't have happened, but two interceptions in the first half, and you're going to have time down three points. Three? And we, we talked about it, and I laid it out in last week's uh, edition of the Science Lab. I said, if you can weather the storm of the second quarter, because the 49ers tend to surge in the, in the second quarter, you exponentially increase your chances of winning this game. And that's why, even with the mistakes, the Cowboys broke even 6-6 scoring in the second quarter. And they were down only three points at the half. Guess what? You weathered the second quarter storm, you were right there. You were right there. All you had to do was come out of that locker room ready to play of the caliber of ball you played last week. 50% of the caliber of ball you played in Minnesota weeks ago. But instead, you you went back to playing week 18 ball, week one ball, and now your season is over because of it. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. I mean, the the accountability, like you said, at this point it really doesn't matter. It's great that you have it, but – you also you don't want to point fingers, but that's exactly what's going to happen on a day like this because at some point it will happen. But let's let's talk about on the other side of the break what exactly comes next for this Cowboys team because there's a long offseason ahead and we're going to take two segments probably to talk about it. But let's talk about what comes next right after this. More talking Cowboys in just a moment. When you build, you start with the foundation, and home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA, equal housing lender, credit and collateral, subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. 
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys on the Monday following the end to the Cowboys 2022 season. By the way, we are just steps away from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters in the Star in Frisco. You can visit the Star District, your destination for excellent dining, premier shopping, and exciting events. Visit thestardistrict.com for more information. As uh, as disappointing as the result was last night, we had a lot of fun out there on the plaza. We did. Cowboys we Nation was ready. Yeah, we appreciate the support, man. Y'all was game ready. You know, we may try to make sure y'all was the smartest ones in the room. <laughs> We talked about some of these things. Some of the things that showed up last night, we definitely brought it up. Yep. We brought it up in a pregame show. Um, great content, but we love we let it support, man. You know? We love everybody that listens to this show, yeah. too. That's I mean, if if you join us, and I know even some people have, have tweeted at me today saying, listening as always, if you listen to this show every day through the regular season and then again through the offseason, we'll be here periodically throughout the offseason, but – you're, you're family to us, so I hope you know that. I'm going to look right into that camera up there because you're family to us, and, and you you matter, no doubt about it. And we, we really appreciate where you guys are are committed and consistent, and in, in the content that we put out wouldn't mean anything without you guys. So thank you so much for joining us throughout the year. Absolutely. But let's get back into it. Cowboys fall 19-12. to 12 against San Francisco on the road. Was there anything that jumped out that wasn't, anticipated were we surprised by anything in this game no that's uh, how frustrating is that very <laughs> because that's what i'm saying I was, I was looking for it and i kept going up and down the box score. nothing when i watched the film back this morning all of it was everything that w- has already been talked about it was uh it was deja vu it was groundhog day you didn't you didn't convert on the same th- things that you had struggled with all year so my question on that is, where do you start this offseason? Where do you begin? Well, first of all, <laughs> you you have the uh, the unenviable task of trying to keep 
as much of this talented roster around as possible. And what about the coaching staff? The coaching staff is. Uh, tell me, tell me about the coaching staff. <laughs> McCarthy's not going anywhere. Okay, but what about the guys yeah, underneath? Yeah. Flip, flip on the other side <laughs> of the ball. And this, this is this is where I'm going as far as having the unenviable task of trying to keep this band together as best as possible. It extends to the coaching staff as well. Yeah. No guarantee Dan Quinn stays put. If anything, it's probably an unlikely right. story that and he stays put. If Dan Quinn leaves, then you would like to you would love to believe you have his predecessor, not his predecessor, but his successor waiting in a guy like George Edwards and a guy like Joe Witt Jr. But you also don't know who Quinn is going to take with yeah. him. Yes, sir. Because when coaches leave for head coaching positions, they like to get their guys set follow. Up with them. So you're only going to have one of the two, one so or two of those know. guys. Right. If Dan Quinn leaves, he's going to take either Probably. a Joe Wood or Joe Wood Jr. or a George Edwards or, or an Al, Al Harris. Harris. <laughs> All of these guys are going to go. That's how it. That's how it rolls in coaching staff world. You might get a couple guys to stay if you hire within. If you don't hire within, the entire staff is going to be redone. If you lose Dan Quinn, your only hope, your only hope of keeping a guy like uh, like Al Harris, for example, is going to be if you keep Joe Witt, um, it, because there has to be some some sort of continuity at that upper echelon of that that uh, the upper hierarchy of that coaching tree on the defensive side of the ball. Otherwise, you'd be a guy like Al Harris, who has been fantastic in what he's done with the defensive backs. He's looking at it and saying, okay, well, yeah, let's go try something new, because if DQ is in, I'm in. Um, but I will say George Edwards precedes Dan Quinn's tenure here in Dallas. So, and George Edwards was a, a front runner before Dan Quinn became available as far as the DC position. So, hope there. But th- this, this, this is blind hope. See, now that I have a problem. <laughs> this, th- there's no there's that word again. Yeah, th- but this is blind hope. It's a four-letter word. This is not evidential hope. This is not hope based upon things that you're seeing. This is blind hope because the evidence points to the contrary of what you're hoping against. Evidence shows that there is a good chance that Quinn does leave. And if he leaves, evidence shows that those coaches tend to take their guys with them because they don't want the guys that are incumbent at the new at the spot they're going toward because then that brings in the old uh, situations, the old issues, the old problems. Coaching staff, Defensive side of the ball, you have a huge question mark. Are you going to be able to convince all or most of those guys to come back? Players, you have a laundry list of primo talent that's <laughs> about to hit the free agency market. You talk, you can say what you want about Schultz, and that's fine because you got Fergie and you got him to shot. But let's let's step outside of the tight end for a second. Donovan Wilson's about to be. Let's see, we got Donovan Wilson, Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, Jonathan Hankins, because he came via trade, but he's going to be up. Yep. Uh, let's see. Carlos Watkins, who played out of his mind on the back half of this season. He was in a walking boot yesterday. Carlos, heal up, brother. Uh, and he, his absence was felt when he left that game, by no the doubt. way. No um, doubt. And, and this, the list goes on and on. Uh, Connor McGovern, uh, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Tony Pollard. Ding, 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 ding. Right. That's a big one. Um, Terrence Steele is a restricted free agent. So Cowboys do have some rights there. But my point being, there's no shortage of conversations that have to be have to be had from just from a player standpoint as well, um, from a front office perspective regarding players to say, hey, how are we going to potentially keep Tony Pollard and 
is that going to jive with what we may or may not have to do with the Zeke contract? And all mm-hmm. of these uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. that you were trying desperately to hold off until mid-February to have, mm-hmm. well, now you're going to have them effective June 22nd, June I'm kind sorry, of along, 22nd, January. I, along those same lines, I hate the fact that I had to just pull up like Spotrack for the first time and – God knows how long because I haven't had to look at contracts and numbers. And, hey, you've got it up there, too. There yeah. you go. It's the first time I've had to <laughs> actually put this thing up there. But um, Good point. Very valid. Uh, in order to retain <laughs> players. That's the way you said it, right? <laughs> in order to retain players, what do you need? Money. Money and Hope. cap space. space. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Does the number 49 ring a bell to you? No, see? 49. 49. No, it doesn't resonate, huh? It doesn't. This year is 19. The cap hit by Dak Prescott. Oh. 20% of your cap. Almost 22% of your cap. This coming year, the next season, will be $49 million hit to your cap. So you are either going to have less money to go get and retain these players, or you got to do what? Cash them out. Hmm. Th- those are your two options. Am I, am I correct? If, if, if there's another one out there, please throw I it. I mean, you can, you can, we yeah, should... cash out and get turn it into a signing yeah, bonus, and it could be a whole thing. So yeah. you're either gonna restructure, you can restructure it, you can restructure, it as but much when you restructure, you, you got to take some cash mm-hmm. and say, here you go, Dak. Here's some cash. Yeah, convert it. Yeah, convert it over right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're Jerry Jones, you're either gonna give Dak Prescott. A good lump sum of money, or you're going to have a roster that you can't retain and have any depth at positions. You're going to do the former if you have to. Because what what you're not going to do, what you're not going to do, if you're Jerry Jones, who admittedly does not, quote-unquote, have time for a bad time, you're not going to hit reset at quarterback. That's what you're not going to do in 2023. So then the only thing left to do is, is have conversations stemming from that decision Correct. and then you say okay well how do we free up this cap space there there's a hundred ways mm-hmm. to free up cap space go as you know loomis in new orleans <laughs> right there's a hundred ways to manipulate cap, cap space i'm not as concerned with cap space as i am concerned with market price mm. on some of these players because cap space can be found market price the market is the market and do you think that tony pollard can come to an agreement with the dallas cowboys i i, I believed that Mid-season, I believe that three-quarters of the season in because I believe he wants to be here. And, I, and again, I don't want to be in anyone's pocket. So I'm not – this is yeah. my opinion of it. I believe that Ezekiel Elliott would be amicable – this is not the first time I've said it – to potentially taking less to yep. retain Tony Pollard to keep that tandem together. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking for Zeke. I'm not speaking for his pockets. But I could see enough logic and reasoning to I believe agree. that that's, that's a thing. I agree. Well said. And, and Pollard – Loves playing with Zeke. Loves playing under deck. He loves the locker room. He loves the culture. So there's. I just hope he doesn't look elsewhere and love the paycheck that another team. But is you know, to and, and this is because somebody else is going to look at the agreed. value of Pollard, and, and they're going to put that money out. And you agreed. understand, as Pollard, you yep. understand that running backs aren't getting what they used to and get. That's what, that's nor do they going. have the career span that that's they used to have. Going. And you're only hot once. And he just got reminded of that by potentially suffering a major injury on yesterday. Yeah. And he might have a long offseason ahead. He was on crutches and in a boot, um, just ah, slowly city, making city his pressure. way from the from the aircraft to his car last night. And just the look of defeat 
on his face. And a lot of those guys was was tough to stomach. But to your point, Tony Pollard, if he ever needed a reminder of how quickly things can change at the running back position, he just got it. So that should likely create a, a sense of urgency to say, I, I got to get my bag now. Yep. So a lot in play there, a lot of negotiation to come. But to your to your to answer your question, Kyle, those uncomfortable conversations begin now, as yeah. opposed to you know February 9th, 10th, and I think 11th. I think you talk about Schultz as a, a potential contract because you're gonna you're you're gonna not tag Schultz. It, it's plain and simple. He was paid what ten point nine this year mm-hmm. on the tag. That's yep. not going to happen. No. They're not going to pay that again, especially when you've got a couple rookies underneath that you feel pretty confident in. You could you talk about market value for a position. The market value yep. is now there for him to get a cheaper deal. Maybe he comes back. It's not the same amount of cash. But then you you look at Tony Pollard. Do you tag Tony Pollard? That's a lot of money too, because whatever that tag's going to end mm-hmm. up looking like, the the oh power went out in here. How about that? <laughs> I wonder if we're still on the air. Hold up, let me look. Let me yeah, look. we're still on. We're still on the air. <laughs> Believe it or not. Oh, so, we shut the whole thing. Hold on a second. Hey, how about that? <laughs> only one camera. Only one. <laughs> let's go to break. All right. Uh, well, let's go to break for those that are still able to watch us as the power goes out. Hey, they've already shut this whole thing down. All right, we're trying to turn a page already. <laughs> let's go to the second break. We're talking Cowboys after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, where, by the way, the country music's party of the year is coming to Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, the Academy of Country Music Awards, always bringing your country's biggest and brightest stars together under one roof and there's no one that does country quite like texas you can witness history yourself on may 11th get your tickets at seatgeek.com yeah so the lights went out for a split second power went out completely and we went full dark i don't know if everybody got everything on there but microcosm of yesterday yeah i guess if you had to really sum it up into a five second clip that's uh that's about what it is i don't know if i've ever seen it like that we've had fire alarms go off in here but the complete darkness, because even outside, everything out there darkness, was dark, too. ladies and gentlemen. Dark. I, I spit I, hot fire on talking cowboys. That's what it is. It's what it is. It's a dark Monday, I'm, and I, now it's I'm literal. I'm so pissed off I accidentally went full Magneto. I apologize, guys. I apologize. <laughs> went full yeah, for, those, for those that watch the draft show, you know that Magneto is an inside joke, so it's kind of funny that <laughs> really? you brought that up. Yeah, I called him Magneto one time. On a, on the draft show, and yeah, it didn't it didn't work oh out. My God. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not a not a yeah, it didn't work out. All right, before we wrap things up, we only got a couple more minutes left. Again, thank you all for joining us all year long. We'll still be here throughout the off season. We'll be back tomorrow, but well, you, we just talked about some of the That's contract true. situations and the rosters. If you had one takeaway from the 2022 season, one takeaway on how it ended up or how it kind of all together came together what would it be positive or negative either one whatever you want it could be positive or it could be negative both okay Um, so a pro and a con on a on a positive note uh what mccarthy has been able to do as far as teaching preaching and walking resilience in this locker room has been nothing short of amazing when you suffer the blows the Cowboys suffered, I mean, this season, you know, let let those outside the building, building tell it, this season should have been over week two. Should have been over week two. Yeah. You lose Dak Prescott on the heels of that terrible loss against Tampa Bay. He's out for five games. And, you know, what if Cooper Rush splits that? Or what if he has a losing record in those those five games? Maybe the season's over. They overcome that. And a mountain of other adversity, injuries, losing guys. You know, the front office, what do they do? They they saw they needed help with the run defense. They make a trade for Jonathan Hankins. You know, LVE, they, you know, don't exercise his fifth-year option, bring him back on a prove-it deal, and guess what he does? He freaking proves it. There's another – I mentioned him as a free agent. Mm, there you go. Um, so, from a coaching staff perspective, from a macro stance, magnificent job. Um, obviously, there are going to be things in each game you could point out and say, coaching could have done better. More often than not, you're probably right. But overall, this season could have been over in the first quarter of the year. But we're here having this conversation in mid-January after the divisional round. Um, con, negative. Inconsistency. Uh, it's just inconsistency. The inability to execute 
at a high level every single week is what kept the Cowboys. Because as as much as you you love the back to back twelve and five seasons, this season, if you eliminate the inconsistencies, they're the number one seed this season. Yeah, and you're not having to go through Tampa Bay and then go through San Francisco. Everybody has to come to AT and T, and you get the first round by. You were only one or two games away if you flip those losses to wins you should have won in green bay Mm -hmm. you should have won against jacksonville Mm -hmm. flip those two and you're the number one seed you hold on to a 17 point lead in both of those games right and the entire postseason is is a different conversation but because of your inconsistency you were punished with an extreme degree of difficulty this postseason to have to go through Tampa and Tom Brady and then San Francisco and then if you won in San Francisco you had the number one seed in Philadelphia waiting for you on their field it was going to be a tough road to hold and it didn't have to be if the Cowboys had just established consistency so resiliency is there magnificent consistency lacking and that's why it ended the way it did Isaiah uh, I would say that your front office is doing an amazing job oh, I think yeah. that they threw it all um, I know there. a lot of people every time Dallas you know falls short Everybody points at Jerry. Oh, you need to get Jerry out the way. Or Stephen Jones. They're doing an amazing job. Okay, front office is doing a heck of a job. God, Jerry, so good. This Stephen, season. Will McClay, and everybody else that falls underneath them. They're- everybody laughed last off season. Yeah, basically, just downright wrote off I, the Cowboys. I was on them because they didn't do enough. I felt because like they didn't, they didn't do, do enough. enough. Correct. But then you get you get into the middle of the season. You have the resiliency and you have the Absolutely. opportunities. No. On paper, you felt like you were good enough to win that game. Absolutely, no. Nope. And they, go to so, a conference title game. So in terms of and, and, and so get Anthony Ball, in that front, you get Hilton, Johnson, all Hilton. huge. And that front office is responsible for this coaching staff. This coaching staff is immaculate, yep. amazing coaching staff. And then I'll have to double down on the other aspect in terms of the team. It's just been inconsistent play, mm-hmm. and then it's been mostly offensive. It's been mostly offensive defense. They they sure it up for the most part prior to Hankins' injury. Uh, they started shoring up the run defense. You saw, saw it again yesterday. Mm-hmm. They shored up the run defense. So offensively, it's just been super inconsistent, and they did not do a good job of putting their team in position to win ball games. Last year, it was a lot more equal relationship between offense and defense. <laughs> this year, it was definitely lopsided. And the defense, I mean, there's still a really good chance that they come back next year, and that defense is nasty again. But you might have to do it without your defensive coordinator. Correct. You might have to do it with somebody completely different. You've got a lot of pieces there. Whoever's going to be putting that puzzle together is going to be maybe different. It's going to be hard for him to turn down that job two years in a row. Multiple jobs two years in a row is the big thing. All right. If you don't already, follow Isaiah Stanback. He is at I am Stanback, and then also Isaiah Stanback on Instagram. You've got Voice of the Star, Patrick Nosey Walker. Follow him. If this uh, is the last time you're seeing the Voice of the Star this offseason, you're doing something wrong because he's all over the place Everywhere. on right. DallasCowboys.com. Yeah, a lot to talk about. Yes, yes, we do. And, of course, I'm at Kyle underscore Yeomans on all social yes. media platforms. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We're going to take your calls. Talking Cowboys Woo-hoo. Nation. We're going to be taking calls from the fans. That's going to turn the lights out. Yeah. <laughs> the lights are going to be spitting out on that one, too. Chris Beam in the back. Isaiah Stanback. Patrick Nosey. Walker, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Thanks for joining us here on Talking Cowboys all season long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow right back here from the SWBC studios. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!